This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. The Bernstein and Holmes Show, middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Flashback. We will talk the X's and O's of Justin Fields' most recent performance with our quarterback, Tim Jenkins. I'm waking up, I'm hitting the Peloton at like 4.30 in the morning Colorado time, and I've got people real mad at me in Chicago that, how dare you? The crosser was open, and I'm like, bud. The crosser was not open when he hits the top of his drop, so he moves on to the cop route, but there's a radio guy up there, Mike North. He was real mad, and oh, I tried God. to handle it gently. Oh, no. You know, I tried oh, to handle no. it gently because, like, listen, the first thing in his bio was he was born in 1952, and if my grandpappy's on Twitter roasting somebody, I hope they handle him gently, and I tried to. He got real mad about it. That is the universe harmonizing with itself. What just happened was, I think, the evolution of this radio station. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk. You've got the score! Uh, pardon me, but let me just reach down here and I'll just grab... Hello, Chicago. Perfect. The score. Chicago's Sports Radio 670 now officially signs on the air. And here to start out on our new frequency, a man who is no more of a hot dog than the wieners he used to sell, here's Mike North. (laughs) Is is this what Rankin missed the meeting for? You think so? He was just inspired. Why not? Rankin, what what made you do this open today? I woke up this morning and I thought about Tim Jenkins. (laughs) talking about Justin Fields because there's a lot of talk around these parts that they should trade Justin Fields. And then it reminded me, Mike North suggested that Justin Fields can't throw. And it led me to that. There's just so much galaxy brain and like process brain. Like, wait a second. I'm I'm just... Take a step back. Everybody just unplug, reset, let, let, let all of the static out of the capacitors. And I saw our guy Jarrett Payton tweeted from the city. Something like, hey, they're not trading him. He said, everybody chill out. They're not trading him. And I don't know if that's based on conversations that he's having with folks, but that sort of went under the radar. Yeah. But he came right out and said it. I mean, it's been fun because you get to see some stuff on Twitter. Like... Greg Gabriel and his his war with Jason Lockenfora. And Greg Gabriel being like, I know who he talks to at the Bears, and that person doesn't know anything. Spits <laughs> the Bears head coach yet. Anyway, um, it's it's strange. Like when we brought it up to Leisure yesterday, and he's like, Wait, what? People are actually talking about that? Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh look, look on TV right now, Dan. Oh my God. Why? Yep. First take. Should the Bears move on from Justin Fields? What are you? What are we doing? Yeah, it's that time of year where football has gone away, and you're like, well, we have to keep football front and center, which I get. Like that, that's that's a, that that's a solid plan of programming, but the the Justin Fields takes have just gotten really wild, and the farther away that we've gotten from him playing, the more idiotic the the takes have been. Like when. You know how at the beginning of the year we were talking about, and I said, you know, what I wanted was the same developmental arc as 
Jalen Hurts in year two. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Almost exactly from a statistical standpoint, did we see that developmental arc? And we know what the difference is with, with Fields. If you're trying to figure out what he is, the difference, and now people are using his record against them, against him. When you know what the Bears were doing, when when you know how the season prior ended, and you know what the general manager and head coach were doing this season, to now be like, well, Justin Fields' record as a starter is five and twenty, like the whole concept of it is ludicrous. Because what it tells me, I don't know how you feel about it, Dan. What it tells me is that you're dealing with people who did not watch the games. That they that they are bound by the box score. As is often the case. And it's silly to me. And you know how I feel about Bryce Young. I think he's phenomenal. I think that he's got an opportunity to be a great quarterback in this league. I'm also really concerned that he's only five foot ten. And 175 pounds. Of course, but, the, but and, and if other teams want to not have those concerns, that's fine. Later in the show, we'll talk about some realistic scenarios that are actually suggested through interviews with NFL executives about what they might be able to get when they move down. I do think it's interesting, though, that Fields was as visible as he was during Super Bowl week. Like, I think it's a good thing. I think that if you're... A guy like Justin Fields, you should be walking around Radio Row, and you should be proud of finishing in, what, the top half of QBR this season for qualified quarterbacks. But it, it, it is interesting that he's been out there. So I don't know how he feels about any of it. If he feels like he has a trust-filled relationship, he did mention that Poles was going to keep him in the loop on things, and that has many definitions. As far as keeping him in the loop, it would behoove the Bears to leak stuff out to people who are willing to just report something that is leaked out from a team that they are thinking about trading Justin Fields. Like it's it's become one of the biggest problems in sports journalism, in my opinion, that often reporters, not talk show hosts, like I, I think that we live in a different space. And I know that I'm threading a little bit of a needle here. But reporters are now just like, oh, one person suggested this. Therefore, I'm going to run with this. Well, did anyone else back up that? Nope. Couldn't find anyone. And as any good reporter knows, why is this person telling you this? Yes. Like, what, what, how does it help them right. to tell you this? That, that, that is the calculus that you have to do. You have to wonder why people are giving you information. And 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 if they're because they're probably giving you information so you can disseminate it. And that might help their cause. In some cases, it's worth putting out there to the public. In other cases, you're it's more than carrying water. Like it's it's you're allowing them to set the agenda for the story and you're being used and a lot of it too a lot of the content generation is cynical right people don't it's a lot of the national conversations people who don't believe what they say yeah i i had that i was doing a a national show for a couple years i had a really great time doing it shout out to my guy michael kim and laura Britt. we had a lot of fun but i do remember being in a meeting and someone being like, all right, Lawrence, you take this position. I was like, I don't, Mm -mm. I'm from the score. We don't do that. 
Like, I don't do that. I'll take a position if I feel it, and I'm capable of arguing the the other side of an issue, but I'm not going to take this position that's just what this because. Is. That, that's what is on our... T- that's when what you're it talking feels about like. The programming for airport bars and hotel lobbies. That's what it is. Yeah, that's these, what... These are, these are screens that are on in airport bars and hotel lobbies. And you know you got a major, you got a major market. You've got a lot of really good B roll. That's the other thing yeah. with, with Justin Fields. You got these incredible highlights. Just that from a TV perspective, the Bears always peak interest because they're the Bears. Yeah. They're still huge brand power, and he's he's dynamic and good looking and young and kind of an it guy. And with all young this, Johnny Mathis, with all this going on, like that's uh, what they're trying to do is, is is program for hotel lobbies and airport bars, and, and it's a lot of people saying things they don't believe. I I get that, and this Texas says, well, it's all for clicks and impressions. Look, we we do do this so that more people will listen and watch, but you don't have to be... You don't have to pander. You don't have to be duplicitous when it comes to the type of teases that you do. Like, Dan and I could do that. We could be like, coming up next, Michael Jordan's going to join us. And, and you might stick through the commercial break because it's Michael Jordan's 60th birthday. Uh, to be clear, Michael Jordan is not coming on the show today. At least not yet. I mean, Ray may have a surprise for me. No, I, don't I mean, know. The, the, if, once you once you do that, because they don't care. Like these these shows don't have to build individual personal loyalty. They, you don't have to get to know the people involved. Local radio is different, and you would just if you knew we were taking positions just to take positions to try to have phony baloney arguments, the the trust would be gone in a week. Yeah, but, but to me, the bigger issue is this is fine because this to me it it fits inside of the realm of the talk show. So I'm okay with people flipping ideas and talking about stuff. But when it's reporters and when you go, come on, man, like when when you can see it and usually people who have done the job, although it's it's not it, you don't have to have done the job to look through it. But when people who have done the job have been like that, that doesn't feel like you you have multiple sources on that. That feels like someone told you something and you threw it out there. Do you understand how much stuff is in Dan and I's email, text messages, and DMs every single day from people around teams? And there's a ton of it that we we don't even bring to the air because we you know you're trying to do the calculus of who does this benefit? But you get it on background, right. and it, it informs the way you talk about the team, the way you formulate your honest opinions. That's all. I don't understand new rules. <laughs> what people are also fighting that we didn't include local gyms and YMCA's. Yeah, they're right. They're right. That's true. I, th- I think that should be the third, <laughs> the third leg of that stool for for the way they program some of this stuff. It's it's on at the gym when you're on the treadmill looking at that bank of TVs. I you know what show I like when I'm I'm doing the elliptical because you know I I don't really usually listen to the TV like I'm listening to a mixtape or. I'm listening to a playlist. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's a good one. It is the it is that that the best one of the best shows I've ever seen. That's a really I, good. I love one. it. Ridiculousness is my go-to because I don't need to hear anything on that show. It's just someone just got hit in the balls, and I can just laugh at someone getting hit in the balls while I I pound out these four miles that I got to do. I don't understand the pitch clock. What happens and what? Who watches it? Why don't they just hit it somewhere else did, if did they you, move a guy over? Did you hear some fans that were? 
It was just some it, listeners. Every that, every next one was more elaborate than the next in a calculated inability to understand the rules. So so Dan, <laughs> I I was thinking about this in conjunction with something else we did yesterday and what we're gonna. We're do gonna, I have to watch a clock or someone else gonna do it? And what happens if the timer goes off? If this if 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 the callers are indicative, and I'm not saying that they are, but if they are indicative of where things stand from a knowledge standpoint with baseball, I'm convinced that there are, and we saw some of the texts that came in yesterday. I'm convinced there are plenty of people who have no idea what's going on with Diamond and Sinclair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if if we're at this place with the rules, which have been, you know, pretty much out there for a while and there's been videos, and here's the new bases, and this is what the new bases look like, and blah, 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 I don't blah, understand. Blah. How can a base be bigger? And then they just take a base and make it bigger? I don't understand it. <laughs> all, all morning. Let's go to the next guy on the northwest side. I'm, I'm with that guy. I mean, do you want to do that? We could we could build out some time in the show no, and just no. take calls from people no, who are confused I was, about the. I, I, I almost had to pull over because every every next one it was a, hold on hold on a second. You mean they can't shift? Right. No. Who, well, kind of. Who's supposed to watch to see the clock? Well, the uh, the umpires do. I don't know. Like, think of it as a play clock in the NFL. It's all you have to do. It's, it's, really, it's really not that hard. You do that, and then there's the, the base stuff where you only get to, to step off twice, and there's new bases, and there's shifting rules. Baseball's trying to modernize itself. This is exactly right. John, who says, uh, this is crazy at Albany Park. What happens if they decide to play cricket instead of baseball? What does that mean? <laughs> It'll be fine. You ever, uh, Don't worry about you it. You ever run into some cricket? Run into it? Yeah, well, like, you know, Sundays in Washington Park. Like, I don't live very far from Washington Park. You know, I'll go for a walk or go oh, for Warren a Warren Park all the time. They're, like, they get cricket going on, like, all day. Oh, Warren Park in the summer, I mean, it's it's constant. I love that. I, I felt bad, like, at the end of the season, I went for a run around the park because it's got the, 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 what is it called, the, the limestone, so it's easier on your knees and stuff. And I'm watching, I'm just, like, fascinated by cricket. And, and, you know, like there's a lot of, of, of Caribbean, West Indies folks that hang out in Washington That's Park. That's interesting because at Warren Park, it's all Indian and Pakistani. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, maybe they should get together and do something big. But it, it just always fascinates me and how many people come out and how cool they look and the, and the gear and stuff. It's never been my thing. I've never tried it, but I like when I see it. I like it. I don't know. There's something... I don't really know what's going on. I don't either. But it's interesting to watch. Yeah, it's re- really interesting to watch. And I found myself like staring. And I was like, oh. Well, that was wait. always Connor McKnight's thing. It's like he was, he went out of his way to never have to understand cricket. He would try, it's like, don't try to explain it to me. He does, he's, he's, he's avoided trying to learn anything about it. And then we were in, in Arizona and we were, we drove by this park and there was all this cricket going on. He's like, don't, don't explain. Don't. I won't look. I don't, don't tell me. Don't show it to the, me. It's funny because McKnight would be the type of guy that could actually process right. all of that. Like right. He's one of the few people that I imagine if you gave him a day, he'd be like, okay, I totally got it, and now I can explain it to you. 
Uh, this texter says, don't forget about the Aztec baseball. Yeah, I see those guys playing too. I enjoy their league. There used to be like a grown man league not too far from my house on 63rd Street. And, you know, then Obama came and tore it up. Thanks a lot, Obama. Um, and they play, and those guys are like, do you want to play? And I'd be like, yeah, but not really. I mean, I do. I want to play. I am driven to play. But I know how that's going to feel the next week, so I'm not going to do it. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We've got Ray Diaz and Mike Rankin, Brandon Fryer, Connor O'Donnell. Hello. We're going to talk to Cody Westerland and James Fegan and Jeremy Werner and Kevin Fishbane and... Coming up next, we got to visit what what Zach Levine decided to do after that Mr. game. Mr. Scorched Earth? Yeah, after that game, lessons. All right, let's go to the all-star break here. Take uh, take this for you. Gonna just light the fuse <laughs> on this. Going to lay it out for you. And taillights into the break. We'll get to that next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Hey, you fired up. So the Bulls lose their sixth in a row. Milwaukee wins for the first time over the Bulls this year. We'll be in Milwaukee in early April. Ball game over. Bucks 112 and the Bulls 100. Yeah, do, do you want to declare this the latest low point of the season? You'll no, I mean, they're going to keep going. Uh, well, I, I know, but we keep replanting the flag for the nadir of the season. No, I, I think that once Arturis, like allowed them to let go of the rope, that was the end. They're just playing it out now. But Arturis, when he was on the score last week, kind of gave them permission. Did, didn't make any trades, even though it was a buyer's market, is using the last 27 games or 28 games at the time to determine it. And all they've done is, I think in some ways, made his job a little bit easier but you wonder if there were opportunities for the Bulls to do some things at the trade deadline that would have made more sense than continuing the status quo. And that's problematic. Like, it really is. And you see a lot of the weaknesses and deficiencies. Like, for example, for the people that are sitting there going, well, you know, this should just be Zach's team. You've got a taste now of what this looks like as Zach's team. And yesterday, you were really excited because you saw – on Wednesday's game, an offense that was moving the ball around, you're getting good shots. And what you saw yesterday was Zach being like, nah, my turn, iso ball. And then he only scores 18 points. It was the ultimate turn-taking where there were times where he just wasn't looking for anyone. Nope. He just had his head down, and he was playing one-on-five. And sure, Brooke Lopez makes your life miserable. You can't play through Vooch when your below-the-rim big is getting swallowed. Right, but that guy, you saw that what Milwaukee was able to do is at different points in the game, they were able to rely on different players. Sometimes just to some random bench dude who's an, Here's Javon Carter. Who's an, a professional basketball player Yep, who can do stuff because he's a professional I'm going to eat up player. this space that you guys allow because you don't really get back on defense. Or with Brooke Lopez, it's, it's him being like, oh, this is awesome. I got some space to shoot. Like well, you the, said it yesterday. Like when we were talking with Ozarski, you were talking about the damage that Brooke Lopez oh, does from behind the arc. The defensive player of the year. And, and on top of it, yeah. he still is good near the basket. Like it's every time I see them match up, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a problem. The Bulls don't have anyone that can match up with him. And then you have Drew Holiday, 
do what he needed to do last night. In a game where Giannis missed most of the game, there was never a point where you felt like the Bulls had a chance to win. But this is what it looks like when there's just Zach, when he's the the focus of your team. Move the ball. Make people come open. Stop penetration, perhaps, and then they won't get threes when the entire defense gets sucked down into the paint, and then you're standing around, and they're popping it around the end. And who's that guy that looks like the kid from Deliverance who's knocking down threes? Who is that? Eight Green? He looks like the kid from Deliverance? Yeah, the, the kid on the porch swing. That, that, was, I did not make that reference. Who's remember battling with Ronnie Cox? And they, <laughs> Ronnie Cox is playing the guitar, yeah, and the a, kids playing the banjo. Yeah, it's a dueling banjo. Yeah, and then off they go down the Waxahachie or Chattahoochee or whatever it is, and bad things go happen to them. Spoiler alert. Not fun. <laughs> not fun at not, all. But, but that guy, it's like he's just out there burying shots on you. Squeal like a pig. <laughs> Louder. But... But man, just okay. So then this was this was Zach after the game, and you just be like, "Oh, oh, we're doing this now." I mean, something isn't working. Obviously, you know, some games were really good, some days were bad, and that's once again the consistency factor of you know figuring out what our identity is and what we're going to each and every game. Even if guys are in and out of the lineup, you see some teams that have consistency with what they do. They have an identity. I think that's something that we you know we're still trying to figure out. In these last couple of years, obviously, we changed our offense a little bit last year, or this this year from last year, but it's no excuse with the type of talent that we have on the team. Last couple years. Yeah. He didn't say the last few games. He didn't say since the trade deadline. He said the last couple years. Who's been in charge the last couple of years? AK and Billy Donovan? Yeah. Come on. Do you think that that if we if we really like just distill this down? That what this is, is a guy that doesn't want to be here, that's just trying really hard to prove that he's not going to allow you to make it work. He got his max money, and now he he feels like he's calling shots. And if you don't allow him to call shots, even though when they do give him an opportunity to, to be the man, you're the man now, dog, uh, he does not step up. That's what you get. Like, this, this is this is... And then there's the bus toss. Wee! Just like, hey, here, here. I last couple of years. Yeah, last couple of years. We haven't really had night. No, we we don't, we can't figure it out. We don't have an identity. I mean, you know, you're feel free, feel free for the. You'd think that maybe when you talked over the max contract, and apparently from the reporting where Joe Cowley said that there was a a new commitment to defense. Maybe part of that was also a commitment to an offensive identity. Remember, they changed the offense this year to make it more free-flowing. And, yeah, the roster doesn't fit. The pieces don't fit. We've talked about it. It's it's clunky. But, I mean, you're – yeah, we have are, – are you the max player of the Chicago Bulls? Yes. How are things going? Oh, we've, we haven't had any identity for the last couple of years. But, I don't know. But aren't you, the, aren't you the guy that yeah. they're building around? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not good. So, I'm really talented. And – Maybe I don't I don't have the highest basketball IQ or my basketball IQ goes down in the last few minutes of the game. But uh yeah, mm-hmm. things are things are not good. Have you talked to your coach about making them better? Eh. <laughs> eh. No, he benched me and then I got mad at him. Yeah, I've I've been acting like a like a jerk the whole time now that I got this money because I think that that money allows me 
to to be better than I am. I, I feel it's a validation that says I have arrived. And that's why they had to leak the news of the coach's contract extension so it would send the message that he's not going anywhere and he could ostensibly coach harder, but he isn't really interested in that. Uh-huh. And you mentioned, too, that didn't Donovan say that he's going to work through the break? And Yeah, there's a there's a quote from, from Annie uh, Acostable, who was covering the game last night, and he was asked about, like, getting away. And he's like, oh, you know, you can't do that. You got you to gotta spend your time thinking about you know, how the team can get back. Billy, take three days, man. Take the weekend and go somewhere where you don't have to even think about that. But, but inside the quote, it was something that I think both of us can relate to where he was kind of saying, like, you're alone with your thoughts and, you know, that's, uh, that can be problematic. I still can't believe Zach said last couple of years. Yeah. He didn't say last couple of weeks. Yeah. He didn't say since the All-Star break last year. It's another one of those things of, you know, you didn't have to max him. You didn't. You knew what was going to happen as soon as he got this money. I mean, something isn't working, obviously. You know, some games were really good, some days were bad. And that's, once again, the consistency factor of, you know, figuring out what our identity is and what we're going to each and every game. Even if guys are in and out of the lineup, you see some teams that have consistency with what they do. They have an identity. I think that's something that we, you know, we're still trying to figure out in these last couple of years. Obviously, we changed our offense a little bit last year, or this, this year from last year. But it's no excuse with the type of talent that we have on the team. No excuse. So what are you doing to get better? Just getting better. I'm trying to remember the other incident this year where after the games, it was, Zach was asked about something Billy said, and Zach's like, nah, that's his opinion. Yeah, that's his opinion. I'm trying things. to remember. Yeah, but what, I'm trying to remember specifically what it was. It wasn't the benching. It wasn't the Orlando game benching. I, I think it might have been. He's like, because he's got to stand on that, right? Like that's, that's He's got to stand on that. He's got to live with that. It was something else, though. His opinion was something else. The entire team had to yell at Zach at halftime of a game already this year. They've already had a code red. They've already had a code red on him, led by a veteran player, because he was playing too selfishly. Yep. And then he's like, I don't know, we haven't really had much of an identity the last couple of years. Like, wh- where's the self-awareness in, in here? Take at, the hint. Where's the self-awareness? Like, your entire team, your teammates – turned on you in the middle of a game to tell you to get your head out of your ass. Yeah. And now you're going to the All-Star like, well, you know, we haven't really. Been What's your reaction or response to, to not playing down the stretch? That's a difficult, or d- different look for you. I mean, that's Billy's decision. He got to lay with it. From November. That was November. That's like just your opinion, man. That's like your opinion, man. This is our concern, dude. It is our concern. Her life was in your hands, dude. Her life was in your hands. It was some fun last night, though. Dan, I got to tell you, a lot of times people hit the eject button when a game goes. And a lot of there's a lot of Bulls fans that just been like, "I'm I'm done." But if you stuck around for the halftime show yesterday, you were treated to something fun. And I give TNT a lot of credit for trying their damnedest to make the Salt Lake City All-Star Weekend a thing. I'll explain next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. 17 seconds from Game 7 or from Championship Number 6. 
Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. Happy birthday, Mike. 60. Ryan McGuffey did a really cool piece that's going to be running on Sports Sunday. Like, he did a bunch of interviews with us about Michael Jordan's impact on his 60th birthday, and it's really, really good. So while you're watching Layla on Sports Sunday, be on the lookout for that on NBC5. Yesterday, man, I, I had a great time. I was out at the Benny's in Evergreen Park, and I was there with Remy Martin, and we had a wonderful time. We signed up a bunch of people for an opportunity to – play basketball in the Court of Dreams at the United Center. A lot of people stopped by, and they were great. Shout out to my man Jim from Remy Martin, who listens like all the time to the show. It was really wonderful, and of course, like people want to know about you, Dan. What's to know? I'm right here. Well, you know. What do you want to know? Hey, is, is, what's with that guy? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, I always, when I get that question, I'm like, Mm, go ahead and tell me what you think. That, that's a question from like 2005. No, it's uh, apparently no. That's still a question. Okay. Because it happened multiple times last night, Dan. All right. So I was like, Dan's cool. I like working with him. We have fun. Anyway, so I watched, I, I make it to, to the halftime show yesterday after watching Giannis injure himself and it looks like the x-rays are fine yeah, that he's gonna be okay they're calling it a sprain there's nothing broken because I, I was really worried that something was broken yeah that, that, I mean, that would have been a shame he's one of the captains for the all-star game we'll see if he actually plays in the all-star game but all-star weekend in salt lake city not really a, a choice that a lot of people think is is great although when you talk to people who have played in the nba they will tell you that a lot of fun can be had around salt lake city if you know where to look for things but last night tnt did this thing that i thought was so cool they they basically turned it into college game day where you know college game day shows up on saturday mornings at the the biggest matchup of the day like oh we're here in ann arbor as michigan and ohio state play and everyone's crazy and they got signs and stuff tnt i don't even know where they were but it looked like a club and in fact they had a dj that was there with them during the halftime show and Shaq like went into full Shaq Diesel DJing mode while they were there. Like they didn't even really want to talk about the game, and it was hyped. I'm Ernie Johnson. This is Kenny the Jet Smith. This is Charles Barkley. This is a guy who knows how to get a crowd going. Shaquille O'Neal, do your thing, big fella. Yeah, this crowd is not loud enough. Hands up, Utah. When we drop this song, you better go crazy. But we're not doing the show. I better see everybody moving or we're not doing the show. Drop it, DJ. Uh-oh. Hands up, Utah. I better see you go crazy. Make the whites move. Move, whites. Move. <laughs> Activate the whites. Like jamming out, <laughs> jamming out. A lot of places, Utah is the best crowd ever, ever, ever. So that's a, like that's a very WWE like crowd pop thing to do. <laughs> We're having a great time right here in Salt Lake City. Crowd pop, yay! 
I'm Mick Foley. Like it was a very, it's a very WWE type promo to Shaq looked good too. His hat, man. The he was sweater. Styling. I love that sweater, that burnt orange. Yeah, kind of thing he, he, had going he was on. really styling. And so then it got more crazy. So they're doing that. They're having a good time talking about being there in Salt Lake City. So they go to commercial and the crowd's like chanting for Ernie to get up and dance. And Ernie's like shaking his head, like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna do that because I'm I'm Ernie Johnson. But then when they came back from commercial. Oh, that was a fun halftime. That was even more fun in the commercial break. Thank you, Utah. There was no It's only the first day. So Ernie's up there two-stepping because he said, I'm going to dance like Will Smith and Hitch. And that's the that's the thing that he tells Kevin James. Like, you stay, you just two-step. Left, right, left, right. You don't need to do any crazy moves. So Ernie's doing that. So there's this, like, pep rally field. They're doing, Dan, there was zero analysis. Zero it's analysis of that game. What do you want? I Seriously, no, what do you want? I got what I wanted. I was thoroughly entertained. And then the weirdest thing happened towards the end of halftime when Kenny the Jet Smith told this story. Can I do my quick shout out? Yeah, Somebody you can came up to me. Yeah. Listen, came up to me, and I'm looking in the stands. I'm looking at these 30 years ago to 30 years ago. I wore these at the finals, at the finals. After the finals, I gave them the stickers and, and signed them. The reason I remember, I would never do that. And I re- so you, re- Shaq, if you gave your sneakers at the end of the finals after and coming off the court, you remember. This is it. These people right here, let's get it let, right there. They came back 30 years later. I might have to put these on for a second. Get that magic back. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm going to give them back, but thank you, man, for keeping these. Shot, right? Wow. Still got the same crappy autograph 30 years later. <laughs> How great is that? Jet gives his That's shoes cool. away. The people that he gave the shoes away brought him to him in Salt Lake City. He's going to give them back, but I thought it was cool. As someone who who um, has hosted his own zoo, and honestly, like Ernie is kind of my template for what I do with the football after show. Sort of staying in the middle, yeah. making sure the ball moves. Yeah, my my, I like look at him and I say, "That's the way that I want to do the football after show." I'm so jealous because I want to do stuff like that with the after show. Can you imagine if the Bulls were better? If you just turned Jason loose, like if you just said, Jay, you will and Kendall do whatever. They kind of do. They do. But I'm saying with all of the other things. Especially the last game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was I think our guy Jay is over this. Yeah, you could. <laughs> he is over this nonsense that he has to watch. But I was, I was sitting there going, man, this would be so much fun to just. And we have a lot of fun. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the football after show is a ton of fun. But if you put us, if you put us in a crowd, you know, and there's a DJ, we wouldn't be able to find Alex. 
because Alex would just escape, and then he'd just be gone. We did this once. We went out. It was the Rams-Bears Sunday night game. Was that 2019, maybe? Um, yeah, that's the one where Trubisky had his worst game, and the Bears won like 15 to nothing. Yeah, and, and they did a good job against Jared Goff. And we were out at 22nd, Cermak and Wabash, and there was a tailgate. And so, you know, the producers are like, we're going to do, we're going to set things up for, for the pregame show, and we're going to do a lot of fun stuff. And then I looked up, and Alex was just gone. And I'm like, does anyone have eyes on, on AB? And he's like, no. So I, I then am going to look around, and of course, Alex is in a tent with a bunch of fans drinking beer because they were Florida Gator fans. And I'm like, Alex, we have to, you know. We have a show. We have a television doing. show that yeah. we do. And he's like, oh, I'll be there. But he's so good at being the mayor that sometimes he just wanders off and he's being the mayor. Do you remember when we did the show in the parking lot of Kenwood Liquors? I brought that up last night because I wasn't very far from the Kenwood Liquors because we were at Benny's with, with Remy Martin. And I brought up how. That ended up being a barbecue. That was like the, the greatest taking the show on the road. That I've been a like, it's crazy because last night was the best appearance that I've ever had working here at the score. And that, that remote people, you remember all the stuff they brought us? They I, brought us Huck Finn donuts. I could barely fit it in my car. I think if somebody came over from like with smoked shrimp from Surmac. Yeah, there was a there was a pizza place that dropped off pizzas for us. And then the folks at Kenwood Liquor were like, here, it's a take case of all wine. the liquor. Yeah. They rolled people, everything out in the cart. People like just came out. Like we were in a parking lot, literally like, in a parking lot, yeah. watching people come and go. And then by the by the, the middle of the afternoon, by like near, near the end of the show, it seriously, I'm, I'm surprised people weren't like playing volleyball. Like like we, it was a barbecue. It, it was like a block party. Yeah, like that's kind of what it turned into, and that was the vibe that they had last night. I thought it was great. Like everyone's trying to do their best with with the Utah thing. Like ESPN's coverage is, has been kind of cool too. But if you've got a personality like Shaq, why not let him go like full Shaq? He, <laughs> he did it, it was it the finals a couple years ago too? Because of, uh, what's the, is it, what's the thing that the, the Bucks, like what's their fan den outside of the, is it like the electric oh, yeah. company or yeah, something? I don't a, know. They've got a thing outside of Pfizer. Right? So he was like out there. Pfizer? And, and just kind of doing his thing. I, I really love that that show has been able to just kind of do them. Like do what they want. Because they know that Ernie's going to pull it back. Like there's trust that Ernie will be able to pull it back to important basketball. Not last night. But important basketball and important basketball topics and they've got a crew that genuinely likes each other, and they like messing around and playing around. And it's just their their joy is my joy as a viewer, and that's that's good television if you're able to pull that off. It was just, it was just a lot of fun inside of the misery of watching the Bulls, getting a chance to like hang out with those guys while they're like, yeah, this game stinks, and Giannis isn't playing anymore. How about we just have some fun here in Salt Lake City? Ill breaking news on 670 The Score, presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has charged Paul Pierce with promoting 
Emacs crypto tokens sold by Ethereum Max on social media without disclosing that he was receiving payment for the promotion and making possible misleading statements about the asset. The agency said Pierce, without admitting or denying the SEC's findings, agreed to pay a $1.115 million penalty and approximately $240,000 in disgorgement and prejudgment interest. Pierce also agreed not to promote any crypto asset securities for three years. The agency said Pierce didn't disclose that he was paid more than $244,000 worth of Emacs tokens on Twitter, which included a tweet of a screenshot showing large holdings and profits of the asset. The statement alleged Pierce did not disclose that his own personal holdings were much lower than the ones shown in the screenshot. Now, I have a happen to know someone who knows more about this than I do. Yeah. Who tells me there will be a lot more of these. Yes, there will be, because there were a lot of athletes who thought that the crypto bubble was going to be a way to really increase their wealth. And there wasn't any shortage of them promoting things. And they're like, well, wait, how'd you get paid? Well, I got ownership in the company. Did you disclose that? No, I did not. Now, this is not a criminal prosecution. This is an SEC fine. However... Criminal prosecutors could be getting involved, and it may be, the, like you say, the questions to be asked are those who have stakes in the companies themselves. Like, oh, I don't know, a recently retired quarterback mm-hmm. who might have some complicated questions that he has to answer. So you sue everybody. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, Dear District. Thank you, Texters. That's what it's called out there in Milwaukee. Dear District. Outside of Pfizer. And also, I want to thank the texter who reminded me of the other Zach issue when he said, nah, that's his opinion, man. That was about when Donovan decided to bench Patrick Williams to start Javante Green, and Zach was asked about it and and bus-tossed Donovan on that, too. I do appreciate that Patrick Williams was trying to put people through the rim last night. Trying. Like, just keep doing that. If it's Brooke Lopez, it's Brooke Lopez. We had a nice little bump fest last night. You had, you had Dale and Terry running around. Your guy. Carly Jones acting a fool. That was... Hey, uh, man. Go out there and get yours. You can't... What are you missing free throws? He was so nervous. He, you could tell. Like, I've, I've watched him play relaxed, and he doesn't miss those shots. He doesn't miss that little floater in the lane. That's like a bread and butter shot for him. NBA's different, man. Hey, you're in the league. You're in the league. It's all good. When we come back, we'll ask Cody Westerlin about this Bulls team and their six-game losing streak and what Arturis may have learned already in his evaluation of your Chicago Bulls next here on The Score. It's all a problem.